while police photographing our license plate. What are we doing for veterans returning home damaged physically and mentally, suffering from depression, homelessness, and suicide? Why did the Supreme Court deposit corporate money into our electoral process? Should we redefine middle class as working poor? Or is it just another Wall Street merger? What's really behind new voter picture ID laws in certain states? Why aren't NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox asking these questions? Welcome to the Reasonable Voice radio show. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. The mission of the Reasonable Voice is to connect the dots between politics and finance the need for better and more affordable education, our humanity, world peace, and, of course, the arts, which we then gladly provide our listeners, the voting public, as informative food for thought to provoke their self-determination and appetite for equal economic opportunity and justice for all without truth decay. The Reasonable Voices are advocates prioritizing education, preserving our history, leading by example for a peaceful and prosperous world by evoking and embracing both creative artists and political unity as solutions to our challenges. Hello and welcome to the Reasonable Voices News Talk Radio Program. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, and our Reasonable Voice today is Tulis McCall, a woman with a passion for performance and the presentation. She brings her extensive knowledge of acting, writing, and producing to everything she does. For example, searching for theater critiques that are bold and brief for Broadway and Off-Broadway, check out Ms. McCall's The Front Row Center online. Believe timing is everything? Read the reviews of All in the Timing, written and performed by Tulis McCall and directed by Austin Pendleton. Tulis McCall award-winning wit, wag, and piquant observer of life's mysterious ways. Tulis consistently sets her sights on the greatest mystery of all, the conveyor belt of life and our place in the lineup. When Tulis McCall suddenly saw a woman of a certain age staring back from her mirror, she demanded to know how and when that broad got in there and if she's leaving any time soon. Before that happens, however, my friend Tulis McCall has a few claims to stake and a few flags to raise. So, welcome back, Tulis McCall, to the Reasonable Voices News Talk Radio program. How are you today? Well, I'm much better after that introduction. I was just, I was fascinated by myself. <laughs> As was I. <laughs> well, it's so you... great when somebody else describes you and you go, really? Yeah, I know, really? I know, but it's true. It's all true. Uh, yeah, it is. You know, uh, according to most media reports these days, about 60% of us, as opposed to 100%, but about 60% of us do our best to save each other by wearing a mask and keeping socially distant, even now, probably uh -huh. because most of us would agree the last thing our family, friends, professions, and income need is for politicians and business leaders to ignore health professionals and CDC recommendations, just as uh -huh. they, the number of vaccines are on the decline and 
uh, the people getting the vaccines, that is, are on decline, and, and the number of cases from this uh, extremely contagious Delta variant are on a steadily rising. So I asked my friend Tulis McCall to return because I know she keeps her eye on the pulse of show business, especially in New York City, for those of us who rely on show business for all the essentials, including peace uh -huh. of mind and spirit and soul. So, Tulis, I guess you remember where you were in March 2020. What happened to American culture, especially for the performing <laughs> artists that, that yeah. month, unforgettable month? Yeah, we all went home. Yeah. yeah. We all went home and closed our doors, those of us who were fortunate enough to be healthy. And we lost a lot of people. Yeah. You know? But it was, uh, you know, I'm just trying to think of a word to describe it because uh, I took it very seriously. I, I left my apartment, I think, four times between mm. March and June. And that was just to uh, either go to a doctor or go to the grocery store or but I was, you know, I was in and out. And most people I knew were were like that. I knew several people who left town. But it was just a, a terrifying time because mm -hmm. you just you didn't know. The only thing to do was to stay home. Yes. And uh, pity the poor nurses and doctors and all. They're having a big parade for them. Mm -hmm. You know, instead of giving them money, they're going to give them a big parade. But it was just you know we all kept in touch by by phone. There was a lot of you know, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? Checking in with each other. Lots of Skype calls, lots of Zoom calls. Mm -hmm. um, and then pretty soon, probably within, I'm guessing, a month or so, things started to appear on YouTube. Seth Rodetsky did a, I don't know if they've stopped, but he was doing a show every day where he would get performers from all over the world, really, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to come onto his show. I think the first one was Kelly O'Hara. And then he would get the cast of This Is Us. And then he'd get the, you know, he just did all these reunions. And the marvelous thing was that no one had to be anywhere. Yes. You know, he could get people from L.A. and combine them with people from Georgia mm -hmm. and like that. And then pretty soon classes started to pop up online. Mm -hmm. And I even did two or three uh, evenings of my monologues and madness, but which just became cumbersome because of technical technical issues but there was you know if you wanted to be entertained there was no uh shortage of that it's mm -hmm. just that everybody was secluded yes and now you know they're announcing that everything is going to be open but mm. nobody really knows that for sure i did just go out last night to a wonderful nightclub i'm sure you've been there birdland oh yes yes yeah and a woman named Susie Mosher did a show called The Lineup. And it was packed. It was absolutely packed <clears throat> on a Tuesday night. Wow. Because she's a she's a known quantity and people needed you know, they wanted to get out. Yes, yes. So, you know, they required masks as you entered, but then as soon as you sat down, you could take your mask off, which seems to be the the way that they're doing it. I know the Delacorte Shakespeare in the Park opened last night and they're going to be doing Merry Wives of Windsor. They're just going to do one play this summer through September. Mm. And they are requiring proof of vaccination. Mm -hmm. 
And I don't know what the, we didn't have to do proof of vaccination last night at Birdland. I don't know what, I don't know what Broadway's doing. There's no, you know, I think I mentioned to you, I used to publish the statistics for Broadway ticket sales every week. They have not done that since March of last year. Mm. Bruce Springsteen is, is on Broadway now for $500 a ticket. And, you know, you can, you can buy tickets now, but I don't know what the, Do you, I don't know what the sales are and I don't know what, what they're going to do about seating people vaccinated, non-vaccinated. I don't know, and I don't know that they know yet. Mm-hmm. There have been a lot of changes that are happening, you know, with Scott Rudin resigning mm-hmm. because of being a horrible person to work for. The Met has now hired a diversity officer. Yes. So there are things that are that are happening because of the hiatus and because of the Black Lives Matter and because of George Floyd and all of those things that people had you know, people have had time to sort of focus and regroup and go, wait a minute, we don't want country, you know, where people are not going back to work. Mm-hmm. Well, I just think things are changing and I don't think they're going to go back. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are people who, because they've had this time off to focus and regroup, are now saying, well, if we're going to come back together, we want to be of value to each other. And Yes you know, see what's going on. So I, I don't know. I, a friend of mine is a company manager and she just said, you know, if they don't sell tickets to this show, we don't, we're not, it's not happening. Yes, exactly. So the actors and everybody is, you know, everybody's in a hurry up and wait. September 14th seems to be the, the preferred date for reopening the show. So yes. no doubt it will be. And I think these are all shows that were up. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, are they going to be reviewed again? Are they going to get newspaper articles again? Or, you know, is it just the new shows that are going to get reviewed? Mm-hmm. All of that is, um, you know, I mean, you know, people are out in the park and they're in the streets and they're, but I think there's a, I just think that there's a note of caution. We were hit so hard. Yes. You know, it's sort of like New York got bludgeoned and now it's sitting up and taking nourishment. Mm-hmm. It's not out dancing yet. No. no so, maybe. and so I think that's, everybody's hoping for the best. And, but you know, people still wear their masks. Mm-hmm. People still wear their masks outside here. Mm-hmm. You know, they're required on the subways. And so that, it sort of feels like we've been through a war. Yes. You know? Yes. As the whole country feels that way. I couldn't agree more. It's I was lucky in the sense that um, I was in New York, actually, in December, and I was working on a project that I'm still working on. But I had to be back in D.C. in March 2020 because I had been hired to direct a series of videos. And on March 11th, I remember it very well, we had only finished shooting the first. We hadn't done post on anything, and we hadn't shot, shot the other five, obviously. We'd only uh-huh. finished the first. And I said to everyone, you know, this thing is real now. I mean, until then, I don't think, I don't know what we thought, but um, I said, this this is real, and this is probably the last day we're going to be on set. So uh-huh. just go home, and I'll let you know. And almost to the day, it was a year later, 
before um, before we started shooting and and we've only done one of the additional five and that one involved an outdoor shoot with only uh -huh. one actor and one camera and me <laughs> so <laughs> you know uh -huh. So we were all doing, I mean, but I, but I was lucky because I do a lot of writing, a lot of radio. So I just stayed in the studio, but I, wherever I go, even to this day, I wear my mask. Uh -huh. I, I have several in the back seat of the car that, you know, just in case I forget or something I've got. You know. uh -huh. Anyway. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, the restaurants here are all, they're all built out into the street. Um, yes. What is, what is that? It, it's um, these uh, sort of outdoor setups for people to eat on the sidewalk. I'm, I'm, uh -huh. I understand that would come out of uh, if you. I mean, it was ingenious during the pandemic if you couldn't have people in your your restaurant inside and you're trying to keep it open and make a living that you put bring some of that restaurant on the outside. After all, there are a lot of outdoor seating in restaurants in yeah. New York. Well, these are these are actually in the street. Oh. So it's it's not just the sidewalk. They're actually built out into the street. And it sort of looks like, you know, one of those, like the Feast of San Gennaro and, you know, with the lights and all of that. You just look down Columbus Avenue now and these structures are taking up a, a lane. Huh. And um, often are, you know, like 100 feet long. Oh, my So God. they have doubled, some of these restaurants have doubled their seating capacity because people are are outdoors and the weather's you know decent enough so yeah they got some some sort of special dispensation but you know it's funny you just think who would have imagined this yes a year and a half ago that all these things you know people are resourceful yes yes and and, and i don't know how long the city will let them get away with it they uh -huh. they they were up and then we had a um substantial snowstorm and the city said you know you have to take all those things down so these poor people take them all down put them back up so i think it, you know it may just depend on the weather or they may just call a halt to it i don't i don't know but it's how it's how a lot of these places have survived sure absolutely and, you know everybody's sort of and some some places are just not serving indoors that's it they're just gonna keep keep everybody outside yeah but it's pretty, it's amazing what you get used to. Well, that's the thing. I guess it's a double-edged sword, really, but um, but Americans in, in particular, but certainly New Yorkers especially, whatever happens, we go with the flow and make adjustments so that we can still, you know, it's like the river. <laughs> we go around uh -huh. the rocks and keep on going. Uh -huh. and, and that's great, especially since, as, as you alluded to, so much time in isolation and uh -huh. you, get, you get time to think. And a lot of people have thought about, as you, all the things you've already said. You know, why uh -huh. am I going every day, putting up with all that rush hour traffic, although it's always rush hour in New York. But, you know, right. to get to a job I'm not really all that crazy about. Uh -huh. And and what about the people who need work and can't get it? And what are we doing? And just so much. Uh -huh. Not to take anything away from George Floyd, but everyone latched on to that terrible incident and it reminded us of many terrible events that we've just ignored in the past absolutely uh, well you know white people can afford to ignore them yes yeah yeah you know it's uh you know i think seeing all the people demonstrating and uh, you know i don't think we're going back much to mitch mcconnell's 
dismay. Yes. Uh, as he would like to dismantle the 1619 project. He doesn't think it's representing us. And I, you know, the genie's out of the bottle. Yes. You know, the wonderful woman who started the 1619 project is now going to be a tenured professor at Howard. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. In spite of Felicia Rashad. So there are things that are happening that are just, you know, people are saying, no, 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 can't do that anymore. You just can't do it anymore. Exactly. And the absence of people of color in the New York theater has just sort of been a joke. Yeah. You know, if you want to see white people, go to the theater. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's beginning to change and not be an anomaly. Yes. So I think all those, you know, you think of the confluence of events. Mm-hmm. That had, um, to, that had to happen to make us finally see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that 17-year-old girl who took that video. Yes. Like, what, what kind of, you know, what kind of courage did that take? Absolutely. And if she hadn't done it, people would just not believe it. That's right. Absolutely. No, it doesn't happen. Or, or there was something wrong, or he probably had a gun, or he was running away from the police, you know? Mm. So there was there were marches all over New York. Yes. Just, just it was mobbed, mm. and people were coming day after day after day, and it was an integrated group every single time. Every time. Which is unusual, mm-hmm. even for New York. Because yeah. New York's a pretty segregated city, neighborhood-wise. So I think all those things are... Um, I think everybody's been shaken. Yes. You know? And when they go, no, 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 this has to change, people are understanding it in a different way. A whole different way. It's uh-huh. a different prism, no question about it. Uh-huh. All right, I tell you what let's do. We're going to take a short break. We are talking to my good friend, fabulous writer, actor, performer, producer... Tulis McCall, and we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Please stay with us. There's a lot more to talk about. Of course, we are we we are focused on New York and performing arts and theater in particular because that's who we are. But the ramifications of what this conversation is about go much further. So stay with us. We'll be right back. And now from WatchFireMusic.com, vocal artist Jenny Burton singing. Who will heal the world?
So send me up to the mountain top. Send me into the valley below. Send me out into the wilderness. Here I am. Send me. Welcome back to the Reasonable Voices News Talk Radio Program. I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, and our guest today, our Reasonable Voice, is Tulis McCall, a woman with a passion for performance and presentation, living in New York City through the global pandemic. We're on the other side, we hope, but who knows? And we're optimistic, we persevere, but we are being smart with wearing masks and social distance and, and, you know, respecting each other's health and trying to keep, let us all get through this alive because both, uh, I, I know Tulis has lost people. I called at one point during the pandemic and, and I could just hear it in her voice and her only response was, it's a sad time. Mm. Um, you know, and it still gets to me because I could still hear her voice, but, uh, and, and there are people I've, you know, I, I, just this week, a man who I directed a TV show for, and I hadn't heard from him, hadn't heard from him, and he's always, I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's a busy person, so it was always difficult to get a hold of him, but, and generally, he did the calling, because he would hire me or whatever, but I hadn't heard from him, hadn't heard from him, and just this week, I got a text from him. I tell you, I jumped up out of my chair, Tulis, I know you can understand that. Anyway, uh-huh. But back to this, to us today, we know that there are a lot of motivations behind trying to open Broadway and open the country again, you know, everything. Uh-huh. But some of them are pure, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, and some are not. Uh, and, and all are, to to whatever degree, necessary on one level or another. And there are many levels involved. But uh, let's let's talk a little bit more like that. I know we mentioned quite a bit about restaurants and so forth, but are people in the parks, are they... Uh, are they going to the beach and 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 also touch on again because something you you mentioned that to me brings up this point there is inconsistency at how different establishments are responding to opening up and how people have to attire their face how's that for right. a question well the the guidance from this mayor de blasio emphasis on the blah, has been horrid it's just been horrid and so there was, I mean, a year ago, whenever it was, a friend of mine said, don't try it. Don't say when it was, just say earlier. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we can't remember anything. And uh, last year, early on, I, you know, there were people outside hanging around the park. And supposedly there was a mandate. Everybody is supposed to be wearing masks. And none of these people were. So the cops came over and, and the cops you know, I gotta say, were great. They handed out masks, and then, and then the people got angry because they didn't want to wear their masks, so they got in the cops' face, and it, it started to get ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, I called into a talk show, and I said, you know, there's no. When I called the police department, they said they, they don't have any orders to, to make people wear masks, and the mayor was on. Well, I'm going to take care of that. Well, it never happened. Yes. Never happened, and 
the mayor disagreed with the governor was a star for a few months mm -hmm. until people started questioning him <laughs> <laughs> well first he was all alone you know it was just yes. Cuomo on the throne and answering questions and and he was very thorough yes and he and was everybody really appreciated that briefing mm -hmm. but then things started to get complicated so he kept bringing he started to add to his coterie and he'd say well I think this uh, is a question for you know you over there yes and it slowly started to fall apart. It was just, there was no, and of course we were led by the denier in chief. Yes. So there was, there was no, no guidance, no anything. Mm -hmm. And the people in the hospitals, I've talked to a lot of my doctors said that it was just, it was horrible. Yes. Horrible. So, so that still continues. This, which was my long winded point. Um, mm -hmm. there is no specificity. Um, most of the stores around here still say you have to have a mask on or you can't come inside, but it's not enforced completely. Mm -hmm. uh, people are supposed to be wearing them on the subway, so most do. But it's just it's just this slippery slope and that inconsistency. You know, it's like they keep moving the finish line. Exactly. Yeah. Like, oh, it's going to be, now it'll be done. Nope, nope, now we got the variant. Mm -hmm. And that variant, don't throw away your masks, folks, because exactly. that variant is kicking yeah. butts. Really serious too, and it, and mm -hmm. it, it, and for those who are not vaccinated, it, it's incredibly serious and even potentially tragic. Uh, mm -hmm. it, you know, I think I just read this morning that the Pfizer vaccine, which I got, is ninety-four percent effective mm -hmm. against the variant. But it, it, it's just that. And I don't say this because because generally I'm a half full glass guy anyway. I just think denial is the dumbest sin we can commit. There are a lot of sins uh -huh. out there, okay? You could pick your choice, but but to deny common sense truth can't possibly oh, my be helpful. My sister lives in central Connecticut. Her next door neighbor, you know, doesn't uh -huh. believe it. Thinks it's all made up. Thinks it was. We got a new president, and suddenly everybody's got a cure. So she just doesn't. She's just not buying it. I know. And this is a, you know, this is a, for all intents and purposes, a very intelligent woman. But uh, like another sister in Vermont, she just had lunch with a friend. He said, "No, no, I'm not doing it. I've done a lot of research, and it's suspect." And she's, you know, she she doesn't think that there's a what do they call those that Bill Gates has put something into it, but she just doesn't think it's um. It's got great efficacy, and mm -hmm. why would she bother doing that when no one's really proved anything? And da, 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 da. I know. So. There's a guy, I, I, I don't know him, but when I lived in Florida, I shopped at his Publix. Uh, when the story, news story broke, I went, oh my God, I used to shop there, because that's many years ago now, but still. And he not only would not wear a mask at the height of all of this, where he forbade his his employees to wear a mask, oh and and when he, the reporter said, "Well, what about the four hundred thousand people?" That's what it was at the time, who've died. He said, "Oh, four hundred thousand people haven't died. You know, yeah. it's not possible that many people could have died." And I'm going, "Okay, well, what do you have to sort of substantiate that?" Right. You know, do you? Well, you know, we had tents set up at Central Park that were filled with body bags. Yes. And when I I had to go to the hospital for something minor last June, 
And the nurses told me, I said, how are you? And this two nurses said, well, I, I have PTSD. Mm-hmm. Said, mm-hmm. I'm a nurse. Mm-hmm. I have seen people die. That's part of my job. I've never seen anything like this. Yeah. The body bags were stacked up in the hall mm. because we had no place to put them. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, you add that on, and then you think, well, let's put on a show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. And and I think part of, I mean, certainly, certainly the the powers that be are thinking money because yeah. tourism is a is a huge thing. And if, if I weren't reviewing theater, I couldn't afford to go to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't, you know, $180. No, thank you. Yeah. And those are the cheap seats. Now. Exactly. Yes. So, but there's also, so, you know, what do you do? How do you guarantee safety? I mean, mm-hmm. it was, everybody was so happy to be at Birdland last night that, you know, the masks came off and then they stayed off. Mm-hmm. As as the show was over and people people were mingling and you just have to hope that everything is going to be okay. I mean, it's just it's just odd. It's yeah. just odd. Like I said, it feels like you know the Germans have just left town. Exactly. Now what? Yeah. Now what do we do? What do we do with the ruins and well, you know all I, of that? I I understand that BroadwayDirect.com. And of course, their their parent company is the Niederlander organization. They they've issued the policies for theater goers. Everything from a must read safety plan to a enter at your own risk warning. I mean, so uh-huh. you know, where does that? I know I know it's it's not helpful to try and find someone to blame. The blame is is the pandemic is the is the disease itself the virus much of which if we always had washed our hands and covered our mouth when we sneezed and coughed uh-huh. and whatever you know what i mean and stop yeah. touching everything in public that you know yeah. I, I have friends who, who who've always done this but but certainly i i've for years i open a door when i'm in public with my elbow or my rear end, whatever is whatever I need, but I don't touch it with my hand. And my uh-huh. doctor once told me the dirtiest thing he knows of. My doctor said this to me: is the pump for a hand sanitizer. Yeah. You know, because everybody's touching it, and then they, of course, they put it on their hands, but they don't go back right. to clean the thing. So, I mean, it's just it. it it's so anyway. Back to my point. Uh-huh. If uh-huh. I had one, is well, I think that's part of the, you know. Um, the insurance companies now are limiting coverage. Yes. That would be, you know, new policies include no responsibility for any any sort of COVID-oriented thing. Mm-hmm. They won't touch it. Yeah. So because they're, you know, that's what they're doing. That's what they do with hurricanes. Now suddenly they go, oh, we don't touch trees falling over. But that's... I know someone who's had to do a, you know, the, the new insurance is being re-upped and there's a whole COVID declaration. So I think part of the advertising and the cautionary stuff on the ticket sales is all insurance. Yes. And you have to, you have to do that because people, I mean, at the beginning of this thing, they were giving money back to people hand over fist. Mm-hmm. And... You know, it was the absolute right thing to do, but 
it still kicked them in the head. And then actors, because they weren't getting paid, they weren't paying into their pension, so they started to lose insurance. So actors are now scrambling for, you know, their medical insurance. Yes. Because they've the unions have run out of money. Mm-hmm. Which of course they haven't run out of money, but that's the yeah. that's a big that's a big deal when you have ninety nine percent of your workforce suddenly is unemployed, mm-hmm. and that was another thing the unemployment and when there was no leadership coming from the top, everybody's just walking around banging into each other, mm-hmm. and they don't know nobody knows what to do. There was you know like I said, there's no leadership, so everybody's scrambling. And that's and I think Broadway was was just an example of that. Because yeah. I went out to dinner. I think it was in twenty twenty. It was Friday or the Saturday, March thirteenth or fourteenth. And we went to the West Bank Cafe, which I'm sure yeah, you've been sure. to. It's right on Forty Second Street. Oh yeah. There, I think there was eight people there, hmm. and poor Steve Olson was saying, "Well, we got this plan, we got that plan," and four or five days later, everything was closed mm-hmm. everything was just what? whoa I know okay and you so, know we still need to say that to each other because even though we lived through it everyone needs to be reminded because we, we really do especially as Americans a short attention span but uh-huh. suddenly for a lot of people except the essential workers the grocery people and the hospital people etc police first responders all of them but for 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 the rest of us everything just suddenly came to a halt and uh-huh. it, there was no contingency plan uh-huh. uh, you know there just wasn't and and uh-huh. uh, and here we are and I still ask you know people okay so now it's July 2021 where do you think we are when you're talking uh-huh. about September 2021 playbill and uh-huh. and the and the delta variant is running rapid what what are your thoughts right. oh, nobody you know nobody knows there's still that ghost you know it's like the ghost of christmas past we just keep you know it was funny cuz we it was a lovely show last night but they never took a moment to mention the performers we'd lost yeah mm. and i really wish they had yes just a couple of minutes of let's be thankful that we're all together and send our love to the people who who are grieving for people they lost Mm -hmm. and uh it's just like let's just skip right over it which surprised me Mm -hmm. which surprised me yeah i mean everybody's it's all in the pool come on here we go yeah and you know, watching this parade, some of these the the, um, the EMT union refused to be in the parade hmm. because they said they weren't taken care of during the pandemic. And so, why give us a parade? You know, what you need to do is give us all a boatload of money. That's right, yeah. and some kindness. So, yeah, yeah it's just. Um, I mean, I know one of my good acquaintances moved up to Buffalo. Mm-hmm. He was an actor on Broadway and was so close. He moved up to Buffalo with his to be near his wife's family, and he has two kids, and he got the kids enrolled in school, and he's, you know, she's employed. Thank God. Yes, yes. But they don't, they don't have a place to come back to. Mm. They sold their 
apartment and they left. Mm. So I don't know. And he's an incredibly talented person. Yes. yes. So is he, is he back? Is he, I mean, it's, you know, it's that hurry up and wait thing. And I know my friend, my director, Austin Pendleton was in the minutes and that's supposed to open in April. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he's going to be still attached to it. Yeah. If he can, if he can wait that long. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that's not opening in September. I can't quite get, but I haven't talked to him about it, so I don't know. Yeah. You know, if something else comes along, does he take that or does he, you know? So it's all, I'm, I sort of look around and I think, you know, oh, yeah, I better just put your masks back on because mm-hmm. nobody has rung the gong yet. Exactly. You know, exactly. nobody. And this D thing, and nobody's paying attention to it because why? It's in poor states. Yeah, yeah. Which is which is why nobody pay, nobody paid attention to people of color dying. Yeah. Because who really cared? Mm-hmm. And you know, I the I, president I, got it, and he got over it really fast because they ginned him up. Yes. So. It's like, you know, Mississippi, Louisiana, Alabama, Arkansas. Those are the places that it's hitting, and those poor medical people. So I just think it's a matter of time before it swarms up here. I think so, too. I've, I've said to there was a guy on the Zoom I, I was doing who rather flippantly made some comment about, well, only the Republicans are going to die because they won't get the vaccination. And the, that in itself was so colossally offensive to me. And I'm mm-hmm. a liberal Democrat, very much so. Mm-hmm. But that was so offensive to me. But it's also stupid in the level of lack of common sense. A virus doesn't respect not only not a political party, it doesn't even respect one side of the street from the other. It doesn't Uh distinguish from a a, a state border, for Pete's sake. If a lot of people, even if they didn't leave Mississippi, even if they stayed in Mississippi, the virus isn't going to. It doesn't, Uh you know, it doesn't work like that. We have to look out for each other. And I think, as we, we both agreed earlier, a lot of that has started to happen because we had time alone to think about it. But still, as we come out of it, we, again, that short-term memory, we just slip back into the old habits of we against them or whatever. I know one thing. I, I've read Playbill recently, and it, it has published, as I'm sure you know, the, which Broadway shows we can buy tickets for and and when uh-huh. we can buy them. But, but I don't know if that's efficient or overly optimistic. I, I mean, I know people, everybody wants the shows to open, whatever their reasons, everybody. But uh-huh. um, what are we doing here? Um, you know, what yeah. are we doing? What are we doing? Well, like I said, I think I think it's a it's a first and foremost, it's an economic move. Yes, As the city was bleeding, and mm. you know, I mean, I've been in New York on and off for I don't even know how many years, but I've often said to people, going out to dinner is our recreation. Yes, yes. That's, you know, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my sisters always love to visit me because I'll just go, okay, what kind of food do you want? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know, All right, I know. what about the noise level? Do you want to hear some music? Uh, do you want to be outdoor? And 
they just you know eventually they just reach a saturation point and they'll just go I don't I don't know I can't this is too much I can't <laughs> I say okay I'll just take you to a joint that I go to and it always works out but, yes but, you know, they've each got about three restaurants where they where they live and, uh-huh. but that's the, it is it's our um, it's our recreation Absolutely. I you ate, know, you I just ate out. say I'm going to meet you on the corner of. How often have you said I'll meet you at the corner of you know Ninth uh-huh. and 43rd, and we'll figure and it out. We'll figure it out. There you go. Exactly. Uh-huh. Oh and man. Now there's you know, you just. So we just hope and pray, Marcellos. I uh, just hope and. You know, I can't help but think that was last year when the when it hit. It was a, a an usher, a Broadway usher, who got it. Mm. And then the um, some of the cast of Moulin Rouge got it. Yes, and that was it. Yeah. Boom. Uh. So, what? if the D thing comes up, I, I just I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Any any possibility you're going to bring back your monologues and madness in the fall? I'm thinking about that. A part of the um, I wasn't really satisfied with some of the work that was going on, mm-hmm. and because and some of the monologue people are just, just stunning. I love them, and but other people think that you know standing in the most brightly lit corner of the room and talking is a monologue. <laughs> so you know, and um, Sydney Meyer at uh, Don't Tell Mama has offered his space to us, so mm. we're going to get back into. We were meeting last, you know, in in the March of the Evil Year. And all set to, you know, show up in May. That didn't happen. So I got a nice email from him the other day. He's one of the nicest people in this planet. Mm-hmm. He's the booking guy for Don't Tell Mama. So he said, you know, that offer still stands. Good. So I'm I'm thinking about it. And it's, you know, it's funny because not working for such a long time makes you realize how much you did work. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of work. Yes. You know? Oh, yes. I did do a, a reading of about 20 or 30 of my monologues back in March. And Austin and I are talking about what something we might do with them. It's all very iffy. I don't know that they fit together. I know it's good writing, but I've got about 140 monologues. Mm. that I've written over the past few years because uh-huh. I had to do a monologue every month yes. uh-huh. for my show. Sure. And and that was also something that I noticed. You know, when you don't have a deadline, you're not apt to do something. So, And so I really admire the people who managed to pull people together even though they couldn't see them. Mm-hmm. Create a team. Kevin Hart was on the radio the other day. He's written a children's book. He's got a movie in production. He's got uh, his comedy tour started again. Mm-hmm. He said, so, you know, I've been working on some things. And the interviewer said, yeah. And some of us just rearranged our closets. <laughs> so to give you a little perspective, because he was saying, I haven't really done that much. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a great deal of, um, I really do admire it, like Seth Rudetsky and Caruso. I can't remember his first name who every week actually Seth Rudetsky had it every day mm-hmm. and the funds went to the actors fund and they raised over a million dollars wow yeah that is yeah. fabulous so people were doing 
yeah. stuff. And I don't know how that's going to undo, you know, mm-hmm. when it's going to be in person. Because I think, so, so frankly, I'm so zoomed out. Mm. I I started watching things on on YouTube and then just I I watched the, the what is it Gov- two governors gentlemen two governors that one the James Corden that was by the National Theatre in London was you know a lot streaming their stuff yes I watched that I think that was back in March of last year mm. and then I just thought oh God. I can't, I can't just I can't keep watching this stuff. I've been on I've been on a conference call for two hours. Oh, God. I have to go away. Mm. And it made me realize, you know, how much I need people. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And I don't like a lot of people. <laughs> so that was a shock. I went, oh, wow. Well, what, because what's because you... they're all weird. You yes, know? yes, but what they your, are. What... They do the silliest things. They, they do. <laughs> like, What's your Seriously? Per- <laughs> What's your personal performing schedule for looking like for the fall? Anything? I'm going to be doing a, an evening at Pangea. Uh-huh. That one of the producers there called me and said, I, you know, I've got an opening. And at that time, I was, I was, it was not an easy time. I went through so feeling very depressed and lonely and just sort of aimless, like a lot of people. Uh-huh. And um, so... He said, I've got October 3rd. He said, you want it? And I, I just thought, I have nothing. Mm. I have nothing. So I took it. Yeah. I figured, well, I'll get something. So now That's I've right. got a couple of ideas bubbling around. I think I'm going to be doing some singing. And uh, I may have a, invite a couple of people to join me. Uh-huh. And then, uh, and and I think, I've, you know, there, I've done so many projects and... Um, None of them seem to get to the level of excellence that I want them to get to. Yes. And so I thought, well, let's just play with this. Let's just go play. Let's not have any expectation. Mm. Let's just play and go have a good night and make everybody have a good time. So let's just do that. And I read this thing the other day that said, failure is feedback. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and do it. And I've... I invited a friend of mine, Betsy Anfayala, who's a wonderful singer, and I said, why don't you come and do something? Mm-hmm. And she was in about the same mood that I was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do do what? <laughs> <laughs> How about sing? Oh. Oh, that. Yeah. Uh-huh. That. I could do that. So it's October, and I'm saying, okay, so I'm taking singing lessons. I had a singing lesson today, and... I'm just come pulling the pieces together and saying, let's go have some fun. You won't be boring to us, so there you, go. Know, That's you can for guarantee sure. them that. That's for sure. Yeah, and then I am thinking about the, getting the monologues together and just seeing if I can create a different a different format. Mm-hmm. And I don't know exactly what that is yet. Okay. And then, of course, looking at the, the front row center, I'm sure we'll get invited to the off-Broadway stuff, but I don't know about the Broadway stuff. Mm-hmm. So I have to figure out how to how how can that happen. Mm-hmm. So I got a lot of um, tongues in the fire, but then I always do. So exactly. Yeah. Tell us some ways of, to reach out and find you. You know the. Oh uh, well, the front row center. It's all one word. Dot com. 
you can also just go to tulismacall.com and all my various connections are listed there. Mm-hmm. And that's really, yeah, that's the easiest way to do it. Okay. Well, everyone, this has been an incredible show and a great conversation catching up with Tulis McCall. Like I always say to her, you you get it straight because um, <laughs> uh, that's the way she is. And, and I don't think we really mentioned a lot about cabaret, but she does a tremendous job as a cabaret performer as well. And, plays and you know i mean the works and and, you know austin pendleton doesn't just go around directing just anybody so uh if you don't know who austin pendleton is you google him and you'll be even more impressed and tulis mccall and all the work that she does i've just loved it and loved knowing her we have a lot of mutual friends in new york and i just want to say thank you so much tulis for being on the show okay absolutely all right Take care Bye, everybody. Bye. Hi, I'm Marcello Rolando of Rolando and Dresner Productions, introducing our new musical dramedy, A Little Place Called Earth, book by Marcello Rolando and music and lyrics by Larry Dresner. And here, from A Little Place Called Earth, is It Will All Work Out, music and lyrics by Larry Dresner. With the sun around me Then I felt a raindrop And the skies were suddenly all cloudy Now here I'm standing In the rain, no umbrella No overcoat, no money Sometimes forced to sing in a cappella Before you lose your temper And your mind gets in a flurry Just tell yourself Never cry and never, never worry It'll all work out It can't rain forever It'll all work out Somehow for the better If you just keep hanging on There'll always be another chance To reach that grass spring No matter what the weather You can always sing and sing and sing The minute I start singing Refrain soft and mellow A big loud band comes marching And the tuba fella starts to bellow I don't know what to do now Everything's gone crazy I don't know where to go now Cause my dream has gotten dim and hazy Sometimes you're dealt a bad hand But you keep on playing I know you're not a quitter Listen now to what I'm saying For more information, listen to our Rolando and Dresner Productions podcast on YouTube at Marcello Rolando, The Reasonable Voice. Thank you. Hello, I'm Marcello Rolando, The Reasonable Voice, thanking you for joining us and becoming one of the reasonable voices heard around the world. 
It's not just who, what, when, where, how, but why we are here. Timing is everything, but common sense is fleeing our judgment when we know the truth that sets us free, but refuse to admit it, even to ourselves. Why do mostly Caucasian conservative Republicans refuse to believe that Biden-Harris won the election against Trump-Pence, clinging to the belief that a Biden-Harris victory means our country is being taken away from them? Why do... In Trump We Trust Apostles, insist on threatening election workers and committing acts of violence as if our constitutional freedom of expression includes the right to attack Asians for COVID, Congress for election certification, and FBI agents for fulfilling their legal obligation to protect we the people from all enemies, foreign and domestic. And why are religious Americans ignoring this de facto perversion of love thy neighbor as thyself into love my neighbors living in my neighborhood who look, think, and vote in lockstep with me? Why are Wyoming Republicans expected to punish truth rather than re-elect a 93% pro-Trump voting record? Why do we continue to tune in to Netflix to watch the most untrue story of Ben Carson's life, played by Cuba Gooding Jr., and floating on Oscar hot air from Ben Affleck's Argo, embellishing America's actions in freeing hostages from Iran at the insufferable and insulting minimizing of the truer heroics of our British allies risking hiding Americans in their embassy? Why? Perhaps because, like the characters in Joe versus the Volcano, we are largely a nation of followers, electing to give power to greed, then mesmerizingly returning to indoctrinated make-believe, like the informative air disaster mystery-solving black box is actually orange. Why is Operation Lone Star failing when Texas Governor Abbott continues to bus migrants seeking asylum from Texas to Washington, D.C. and New York City? Why the cost to Texas taxpayers or the fact that many states have migrants relocating from their homeland to American cities all over the country and most are lovingly accepted and helped to build and contribute to a new and better life in and for a United States of freedom and justice for all. So why is it that America's conservative Republicans, in the wake of our FBI retrieving classified material from Mar-a-Lago, still, against all evidence gathering to the contrary, prefer the big lie, which will probably cause, quoting, terrible things to happen, unquote, if we continue to ignore our tragic history lessons like Charles Manson convinced his inner circle of impressionable young girls that he was Jesus and therefore they should kill people. Jim Jones ordered hundreds of his followers to kill themselves as a revolutionary act. Texan Marshall Applewhite incited mass suicide as prep for spaceship taking followers through Heaven's Gate. David Koresh claimed he was a messiah, and while preaching the end of the world, impregnated sect women and had sex with underage girls. Not being able to medically identify a sociopath or psychopath is understandable and forgivable, but perhaps it is our civic duty to hold these truths to be self-evident. 
Millions of normally good-hearted, empathetic, reasonably intelligent American adults need to justify, if only to themselves, why they fail to recognize from the above list the similar characteristics in the modus operandi in a president who is a pathological, self-serving liar. As for believers in common sense, rather than labeling those with whom we disagree stupid, we need to master the wisdom garnered in this truth. By helping others, even those bitterly opposed to us, we help ourselves. Why? Since Trump's June 2015 escalator dissent resurrected America's historical bigotry, deceit, evil intent, and the superiority lies we tell ourselves, why have we become media addicted to those who broadcast excuses for Trump's inclinations toward North Korea and Russia's dictations in utter disregard for our intelligence? Why have we allowed Trump the freedom to target those he deems worthy only for their blind loyalty and donations to him? Why haven't a third of Americans grasped the possibility that Trump is more likely the logical extension of Nixon's Watergate, Ford's pardon, the GOP's canonization of Reagan's John Wayne imitation, mythologically the Gipper as inaugurating the release of Iran-held American hostages, thus laying the welcome mat for war criminals G.W. Bush and Cheney, mounting Trump as an ornamental justification for the faux foxy vehicle motor-mouthing Murrow and Cronkite to unmarked graves. Really, why would any former president flush or illegally transport classified documents from White House to his house? Let's ask ourselves. Why, with a preponderance of evidence of conservative Republicans projecting their sins, like election fraud and fake elections, attempted 2020 election steal, violently turning against all that makes America's exceptional dream of justice for all, onto fellow Americans who dare defend our democratic republic. Now, shall we courageously face our mirrored reflection and answer, why are we here? Thank you, and join us. Become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. Thank you for continuing to listen to, support, and share the Reasonable Voice Blog Talk Radio with family and friends, especially online. We enjoy hearing from you, and in response, yes, we are now accepting new company and business advertisers and welcoming organizations seeking to be one of our sponsors. So please do continue to email us at thereasonablevoice at gmail.com. However, if you prefer to simply make a donation, your donations are greatly appreciated and can be made through PayPal by clicking on the donate button found at the top of the homepage of the Reasonable Voice. Website. Thank you for joining us today to make every day as reasonable as possible. We hope you will download and share our downloadable podcasts. I'm Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice, hoping you will become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world.